Thank you for taking time to listen to this sermon from Hope Church Toronto North. It is our prayer that through this message, you are challenged and encouraged by the Word of God and grow in your love for God and love for others. It is God's desire for us to be members of and regularly participate in a local church under the care of qualified elders. If you are not attending a local church right now, we encourage you to take that step. If you do live in the North York area and are looking for a local church, we invite you to visit us at one of our Sunday morning gatherings to discern if this is the church God is leading you to. Praise the Lord for giving us a place that we can gather together and and worship. I was just sharing with Pastor Marvin earlier on that God has been faithful to us. He He has given us hearts to meet whenever he provided a place for us. And so you should rejoice in that. In your obedience, as well as his provision, you should rejoice in the provisions that he has given us along the way as we have come from space to space. And rejoice in the obedience that he has given to you in order to show up and and gather together and worship. Yes? And study and all of those things that he has provided for us. I'm going to read from um, the scripture that is... uh, before us today that the Lord has laid on uh, Pastor Marvin's heart and he decided that I would be uh, someone who would love to preach to, through this and um, only him and the Lord really knew that he was right. But um, here comes uh, 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5 of verses uh, 14 and 15. I'm encouraging you to uh, read uh, through that whole passage uh, this afternoon as you will have time later on, but here is 14 and 15. And we exhort you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle, comfort the discouraged, help the weak, be patient with everyone, see to it that no one repays evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good for one another and for all. So that is our word today from the Lord himself. And uh, we would uh, encourage you to now enter with me into the throne of grace where we will ask him to, uh, feed, for, to feed us as a church. Feed me as I, as I, as I preach and as I um, give to you what he has given uh, to me. Father, we thank you for your son. We thank you for that living hope that we just sang about. We recognize, Lord, that he is living. He is living and he is interceding for us, even for me as I, as I preach your word. But next to, to the Father, he is interceding for me. He is interceding for our church. And as uh, you open up this word through your Holy Spirit, for me as well as for the congregation that you have here, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this space. We thank you for what Pastor Marvin has called uh, a pen for the sheep. We thank you for your gift. We thank you for the gift that you have given to us as the Holy Spirit binds us together as brothers and sisters in Christ. And then we thank you for physical gifts like the one that you have brought to us today, the the space that you have given to us. Lord, we don't want to ever take that for granted. 
we give you praise. Now, may your son be glorified in the words that he has uh, penned himself and breathed now out. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week, we learned about what it meant to be one in, in Christ. And we're kind of continuing that, but the Lord is asking us to look at how we can do that. And Thessalonians is a, is a perfect place because here Paul is saying to the Thessalonians, hey, you guys, you've been doing this thing really well. You, you are, you, the way that you are with all each other, the churches around you have heard about it. And it is so true true to a certain degree for us as well. We are growing in that. We're growing in loving one another. But the Lord wants us to encourage us to continue to, to do that, to not be slack in those things. So we learned about the unity of the church last week, and uh, we, can see, we can see it in the, the verse that is before you. If you open up your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians 5, and you can see in verse 14 that Paul here is exhorting us. He's exhorting, this word exhorting means one who comes alongside. It's a, it's, it's a word, in the, in the Greek word, it's a, it's a word that's called Parakleo. Now, I don't know how to pronounce that. Pastor Dennis did that so well. I wish he was here. I wish I could have him in my pocket. But I was talking to Pastor Dennis. He was saying that that's how you pronounce it. But that word is also used for the Holy Spirit. Remember, Holy Spirit is also called your comforter. And so here, God is saying that I entrust you, that I'm entreating you, that I exhort you like your Holy Spirit, like the Holy Spirit that is part of the Trinity is now asking you to come alongside, to gently come alongside. What does he do? He's one who comes alongside. He doesn't, he doesn't, doesn't grab an a iron uh, goad uh, that you do with cows and, and pushes you along or pulls you like you were pulling a, a dog who doesn't want to walk. No, this Holy Spirit comes alongside. He wants to be with you. He wants to walk with you. He wants to comfort you. And we're going to get a deep sense of that in this, in this passage that God has given to us. So, so Paul is saying in verse 14 that we are what that we he's exhorting us to do this and and then he calls us those beautiful words that Pastor Marvin's been drilling into us right brothers and sisters and you see this Paul doing this all kinds of places even when he is and you you're going to get a sense of this early, later on even when he is hard on his words he emphasizes the fact that we are brothers and sisters in Christ we are family many times you will hear myself and Mina say this that that you guys are more my brothers and my sisters than our own family. You know why? Because they're not saved. You know why? Because they don't follow Jesus Christ. You know why? Because the blood that flowed from the cross doesn't bind them together. It binds you and me together, Edward. It binds you and me together, Sabrina. That's who we are. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. We are going to be living together in eternity. And this is not something that is uh, ethereal. This is not something that is just something that is written in scripture that you can look over. This is a reality that we need to walk into. And so our takeaway today is we to get, gather together at this table to, to look at the word is when we care for one another, um, we, we are obeying God. And it's not like a takeaway like this. I asked Wilson, I said, can I have a bag? 
but he wasn't going to be here, so I had to rob it from uh, Anthony's lunch. So it's not a takeaway like this. It's far more important than that. I've always wanted Pastor Marvin to give me a takeaway when he announced those things. He never did. So that's our takeaway for today. When we care for each other, we are obeying who? The Lord. It's not just scripture that you're obeying. You are obeying him who set this thing into motion for us. You're obeying him who set this thing into motion that we are, we are a, a family. And so he wants us to, uh, to live this way. And so in, in that, when we care for one another, we are obeying. Here's your first point. Care for others should be personalized. And so Paul is saying, if you can take a look at the text, it says that he's warning he wants us to warn the idle. He wants us to comfort the discouraged. And he wants us to help, uh, help the weak. And so here is uh, three kinds of characteristics that Paul is giving to us. It's not a complete list. It's not because this is a literary work, right? It, it, any one of us can be at any of these places and multiple all of us could be discouraged at times, and we could be also weak. So it's not a, 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 an exhaustive list in that sense. But God is saying, this is what you do. And Paul is saying we, and he uses the word we because it is only, it's also Paul and Sylvanus and Timothy who are encouraging, who are exhorting the church at Thessalonica to, to continue in the way that God is uh, in, entrusting the gospel to them. For each other, and so God is exhorting us to warn the idle. the The first we see the first how is to warn. The, the word "warn" translates as as admonish, and so you are admonishing one another. And the person who is being in in this in this sense, the word "idle" is one who is irresponsible, someone who someone who is actually ignoring the things that they should be they should be doing. So they should be looking for work, but, but no, nah, they're at home sleeping. They should be reconciling broken relationships, but they are, they're ignoring the person who they see uh, consistently at church. They should be reconciling, but, they, but they're ignoring that. So this person's idle. They, they should be paying their filing for their taxes, but they're avoiding filing because, because they are being idle in that sense. And so there's a, a sense of what it, it means, uh, what Scripture is talking about, idle in, in this particular place. And so we are, what, what's, what's the exhortation? We are to come alongside, right? We're not going to beat them on the head that you need to uh, pay the taxes or you need to uh, renew your relationship with your brother or, hey, go find a job. No, we're actually going to be running a, uh, a course that's going to help us to, to do that. And so you can sign up for that later on. And so we're warning those people and we're coming alongside in, in sharing truth in, in love. And so Paul is saying, you're going to warn the idol, but how are you going to do it? You're going to do it like the Holy Spirit does. You're going to come alongside. You're not going to beat them over the head. You're going to get into their lives. And part of, part of being a family is getting into the person's life where you know when the person, I know that this person's idle. I know Devon is idle in this place because he hasn't been idle before. 
So he, in this way, I know, but if I don't know my brother, then how can I speak into his life? If I haven't had taken the time to speak, to be with him, to understand him, to understand where he's coming from, to understand his testimony, to see how he has grown in the faith, how can I speak uh, into his life, even as gently as I need to, as gently as the Holy Spirit is asking me to exhort, exhort him. So that's the idol amongst us. That's how you speak. You do it in, with full of grace and truth. You admonish them in a, in a gentle way. And there will be a word later on for the, for the idol. Right now, the word is, the Lord is asking us for the word, for the word to come to those who are coming alongside. God is exhorting not only those who are idle, but exhorting us to come alongside those who are discouraged. And there's lots of that even in our own congregation, right? The discouragement doesn't only come uh, with uh, familial issues, but the discouragement has come as even as we've wandered all over the place. We were in Mississauga, and then we were in Rexdale, and then uh, we were at uh, Don Bosco, and then we were in the office, and now we are, we are blessed being here. And so there is a sense of, okay, so when are you guys going to settle down? When are we, we going to have uh, a building of our own? And then maybe you're also having issues surrounding your own health where you're where your health where you're struggling with your health and you're you're discouraged about about the doctor's prognosis and the fact that it's taking long for you to get to for you to get better a better handle on your own health and so or you're discouraged because you're wanting this good thing a, a job or or wanting uh, wanting to have a a life partner and so there is discouragement around that so we are to as brothers and sisters in Christ, we are to come alongside, we are to encourage, but we can't do that if you don't know one another. You can't do that if you haven't had taken the time to, to know each other's lives. You, can't, you don't have the cachet, if you will, to speak into someone's life if you, if you haven't walked a, a few miles with them, right? So we got to do that. We have to... We, have, we are encouraged, we are encur- I'm encouraging myself to do that. Um, I'm looking at, at some people that I need to get to know deeper, even as they've been in my life for, for a while already. And so we, we also advocate with, with them, right? This is part of that. Remember, the Holy Spirit is also your advocate before the throne and before others. And so you are now an advocate because, you are, because we are like Christ in that sense. We are like the Holy Spirit in that sense to that person. You are flesh and blood of Jesus Christ to that person where you're coming alongside. You're wanting to speak into their lives through, through advocating for them. Now, whether that advocate is uh, something that is within the body or whether that's the advocacy is for the uh, outside in, in, the, in the world, that it doesn't really matter. You still need to help your brother and sister in Christ and, and be an advocate. You can be a counsel to them. Why? How? Because God has counseled you and you can counsel them. It might not be the same situation, but you can counsel them. And hence, God wants us to be like him. Hence, God wants us to be like his Holy Spirit, to come alongside, to gently nudge, to comfort, to hold up, right? So to comfort the weak, to comfort the discouraged in that sense. And so we can bring them back to the joy that is before them, the joy of the salvation that God had wrought for them, right? You bring that back to, you bring them back to that place. 
the third one, that God has asked us to exhort, come alongside, be like the Holy Spirit, be like God himself, is to help the weak. This is a really cool word. I got I, this is a really cool one. I, I saw uh, somebody like Irie or somebody uh, like Gracie holding on to this, this tattered doll that they had that was so, so precious to them and it was falling apart. So this is this word, holding, holding tightly, holding close someone who is, who is weak in their faith, who, is, who might be weak even physically, who might be weak financially. And so th- there's the sense that you're holding them so close because you know that if you let them go, then they're, then they're going to go with their old friends and they're going to fall, fall away from the Lord. Or if you let them go, they're, just, they're not going to be able to find the right job. And so you just need to hold them closer for a while. And that might mean physical help. That might mean... Uh, uh, spiritual health. That might mean taking them to the word more often than you, than you would, right? And, uh, and, and praying with them and, and praying through the Psalms with them. Coming with the Lord together and saying, Lord, this life stinks. This life sucks, but my brother is suffering here. Can, I, can, can we come together and beseech you? That's, how, that's what the Holy Spirit is saying. That's how closely you hold on to them. That's how close you have them. And they might even, they might, God might even ask you to have them live with you. Is that going to land somewhere? He might. You have to be ready for that. That's what it means when, it, when the Lord asks us to care for one another, right? And so we're going to move on to, so there's that spiritually weak, and you help to teach them through the word. You need to help them in practical ways. But verse 15 is asking us to do something really different. If you follow on, he's, he's saying, you, we care, our second point is care for one another should guide them to what is good. Verse 15 says that, um, see to it that no one repays evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good for one another and for, for, for all. See to it says, is actually saying, make sure, take heed that you can that you are intentional in, in the way that you're asking, you're, that you're helping them to move away from evil and to do good. What are you moving them away from? You're moving them away from, from um, maybe saying, hey, you know, I, I, got, I got dealt wrong with. There's injustice in my life. So you're trying to move your brother to a place of forgiveness. You're trying to move your sister into a place of, of giving forgiveness and, and saying to and saying to them, let me help you. I can pray this with you. I can pray with you that the Lord would, in, would give you the amount of grace that is needed to, to forgive. To forgive a brother. To forgive a sister. To, for, to forgive uh, uh, somebody who has, who has deeply wronged you, right? And so we can see this. We're... we're we, we're not like the world. We can see it in Christ's life. We're not like the world in this way. What does that bumper sticker say? Don't get mad, just get even. Christ is not like that. Christ has asked us to walk in a very different way, right? Christ has asked us to walk uh, above all of that. And where does he do that? Well, we can see it in 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2. Um, it's coming up on your screen here. First Peter chapter 2, verse 23. He 
When he was insulted, he did not insult in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. Who is he trusting? This is your Lord. This is Jesus who is entrusting, who is asking you to entrust his, the Father, right? So he is saying, he is saying that to us. He's asking us to do the, to do the same thing. Right? He is entrusting his, the wrongdoing that is done unto him to, to the Father. And so we are to do the same. We are to help our brothers and, and sisters in Christ to move away from that and to say, let's entrust together. Let's get together and, and, and trust God that he's, going to, that he's going to help us. So we can help them to forgive. We can pursue justice wisely and ethically with them. And I want to conclude with, with this. We can go back up. I missed something. Did you see it? I missed something in verse 14b. Take a look. Be patient with everyone. Pastor Sean mentioned this, that, that, that everyone, that all means not only the people in our church, but that everyone means everyone outside. So if you're ministering outside to someone who is lost, if you're ministering to someone outside um, who, is, uh, who is not a believer, be patient. And so that everyone belongs to both internally for us as a congregation and to everybody who's outside who is not a believer. As you, as you bring the gospel to the people who are at work, as you bring the gospel to your family members and they reject it cons- con- uh, consistently, just, just be more and more patient. God has opened up those doors even for us in our lives from family members who are Hindus who are now reaching out to us. Praise be his name. So be patient. Be patient with who? We're going up to the top again. Be patient to the idle. Be patient with those who are discouraged. Be patient with those who are weak. Hold them tight. So that issue surrounding patience. How patient? Well, how patient is God with you? With me? Not just for salvation's sake, but for your growth's sake. Not just that you're, you're holding on to fire insurance, but for the day-to-day. How patient is he with us? When, when we feel that, man, this guy is just not moving. He feels like he's just not growing. He's not grasping the things that I'm, uh, that I'm talking to. I'm sharing all the things that are happening in my life and what God has done and teaching me in Scripture. I'm sharing it with him, but he just doesn't get it. Well, take another step of faith and say, Lord, give me the patience that you want me to bear with. But now I'm going to speak to those who are truly idle. The Lord is speaking to you through this message. Not just that your brothers and sisters in Christ will be patient with you, but that you would not fall away, that you would not harden your heart. So implicitly, Paul is saying to us, It is not just us who are speaking into other people's lives, but it is us who are idle at times that need to hear this word. That although he's patient, although he's long-suffering, although your brothers and sisters are long-suffering, how much, how much more you ought to listen because your, your Lord has died for you. How much quickly you should beg the Lord to help you. How much quickly you should ask your brother and sister in Christ to keep you accountable to the things that God has impressed on you, on your heart. To be, not to be idle. How quickly he's, uh, that we want to get out of those discouragements. 
and that you can plead with, the, with God, with others, and say, brother, help me. I'm discouraged. I do that with Pastor Sean and Pastor uh, Dennis and, and Pastor Marvin all the time. I pray, pray for me. I, I, am, I, am, I am this way today. Hanny gets a lot, a lot of, of my texts, and I get a quick response. He's holding me up in prayer. He's holding me accountable. At the end of the day, he'll say, how did it go? I want to know how God answered, right? And that's how you hold up. I don't, so if you're, if you're discouraged, reach out. God has provided you a family to walk alongside. They will be convicted. Don't worry. You let the Lord convict them to keep holding on to you. And it's the same thing with the weak. If you're weak amongst us, look up. Ask for help. Don't be, don't be like an island. Satan will want you to remove you and be alone. But, but you don't want to be there. You want to be with your, with your members, or you're with your brothers and sisters in Christ who will encourage you. Right? So God has uh, deeply encouraged me as I've prepared this uh, for us. And um, so we don't want to be idle in heart. We don't want uh, to be discouraged we don't want to be weak without being helped, without discouraged, without reach, being reached out. And so reach out. And if you're idle, if you sense that you are, ask, ask to be accountable. Mina and I have uh, become, has become our desire to, as we seek to counsel, we, we are part of a, a team that God is setting up here of people who are doing biblical counseling. And so God is entrusted that to us and we continue to um, trust God that he will bring more and more people uh, to a, a stronger and stronger f- uh, growth in their own faith and so as even as we warn those whom we love and they do balk we wait on the Lord to uh, do the work and we're not going anywhere I'm not going anywhere I say like Sean Sheon, I'm not going anywhere we're going to be with you for, a long, for the long haul. And so may the Lord be praised as he uh, sees, as, even as I see and recognize the patience of God in my own life. If I sat down and you worked with you to some of the stories, ask me sometimes on how patient God has been with me and that I want to be patient like that with you as well. Let's pray. Yeah. Father, we thank you for your grace. It's so amazing. We don't deserve it. But you've given it to us. In spades, you've given it to us. Not just that you have saved us for salvation, not just for eternity's sake, but you've you've given us brothers and sisters in Christ so that we can exercise your love amongst us. We can exercise what it means to encourage one another so that we can live it out, live out what is in eternity for us, what that is, which is rightfully ours. Now, you can give it to us now. We give you praise for that power. We understand that only you can change our lives, but you, we also understand that you use us as instruments to speak into other people's lives, enable us to do that with great discernment with amazing love, with true grace and truth, and with deep long-suffering. In Jesus' name, amen. For more resources or information about Hope Church, visit hopetorontonorth.com.